nervous. Okay, announcements for this morning. We have life groups that are starting up again. And those, yeah, woo! Yeah. Um, sorry, I wasn't as enthusiastic as you. I should have been because you guys' life groups are a really beautiful thing. And I think many of you already know this and those of you at home, they are community in a time when community is really hard to find where in our world, what we're seeing is so many people engaged in monologue, where they're just spewing their thoughts out into the world. Um, we have this honor and this privilege of gathering together in smaller spaces and having dialogue. And um, God wired and designed our faith to be lived out in community. And so I hope that if you are not in a group, you would consider being in one. We have online and in-person groups. We have some that like meet online for seasons, and then when things get safer and everybody feel com feels comfortable, they come back together. We have all sorts of different groups that we would like to connect you with. Um, and so if you would like to do that, give two weeks to do so. And then this quarter closes. The commitment runs January through the end of March for this quarter of gatherings, and the way that you sign up for one of those is you can email brookviewchurchbriar at gmail.com, um, or you can go to the website um, at brookviewchurch.com, click contact us, fill out that online communication card, and express that you'd like to be in a group, and we would like to get you in one. The other th way that you can connect, all sorts of ways you can reach out to us, um, is to text the Brookview number 425 406-3660, and the keyword is group on that. If you hit group, that will put you in the right little category. And if you do it wrong, no problem. We'll find you in there. You won't just go into the abyss. Um, next announcement I have is our Christmas gift card drive. I just want to say Thank you, thank you, thank you to those of you that donated cash, that donated gift cards to that. We have over $1,300 to be able to give, yeah. Which is really amazing in this COVID season where many of us haven't been able to be at church. Many of you um, slid those under doors and doors over there, and it was just really cool to come into this building and find gift cards. And then some of you mailed things in the mail and checks and that sort of stuff. So just thank you, thank you, thank you for the way that you're partnering to help those in our community that are struggling. Um, we do have more opportunities to be able to get involved in Cedar Way, which is um, we have a pantry that we do monthly through the Nourishing Network, through the Edmonds School District, and essentially the school resource officer, officer, person, lady, um, she identifies families and needs, and she reaches out to them specifically, though it's open to just about anyone in need that can drive through. Um, but we just load their cars up with groceries once a month. And it has been a, such a cool thing to get to see. I know Wendy Crozier goes with me every month to that. And um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so if you would like to, be willing to contribute things to that food pantry, we are always in need. Um, and so in two weeks, we go again, January 19th, and we're looking for things like carrots and potatoes and onions and bananas and toilet paper. 
because we all know that can be really hit and miss and hard to get. So um, if you would like to contribute to that, we also are doing a drive this month for Vision House and some of the needs that they have, which is like soap and pull-ups for toddlers. Um, but those lists are online, and if you're interested in contributing to that, um, here are the ways that you can look at that list and sign up for something. You can email brookviewchurchbriar at gmail.com, or you can text the word Cedar Way or Vision to 425-406-3660. You can also fill out that online communication card, and there's a spot that says, I'm interested in helping with um, needs in the community. So we would like to get you connected to that. If you do that text app, um, the 425 number, if you do those keywords, it'll automatically send you the sign-up link, and that you should be good to go on that and not have to wait at all. Um, and so how do you, if you have the stuff, how do you get it to us? There are a couple of different ways. Um, if you do come to church on Sundays and you meet here in person, you can leave them in the lobby on your way in. If you watch us from at home and you're able to get to a store, um, you can leave them right outside this door here on the ramp. And we're here throughout the week and we check that over there. Um, just don't leave them next door because that is still our give or get pantry that our community really does still actively use. We see probably five to ten cars here every day still using that pantry. So um, we like them to be kind of set aside over here so that those don't get confused with each other. Um, that's it. I think I did it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Casey is going to come. And Casey, as you do, let me just pray for you. God, um, thank you for who you are. Thank you that when we gather together in this space, when we gather at home, you are in our midst and you are active and you are moving among us. I pray that you would open our hearts. You prepare us for whatever it is that you have to say through to us through Casey. Um, God, I pray that we wouldn't just know more about you, but we would be transformed by you in some way. In your name I pray. Amen. Surprise, it's me again. Yeah. One of the, one of the rare back-to-backs, you know. Um, but I'm excited. I'm really excited about what, we, uh, what I have to share this morning. Um, last week, we looked at this idea that it, it took us to look at things through a different perspective. And we looked at how God, he doesn't just use the good things, the, the good moments, the, the good outcomes to work in our lives. He doesn't just use the wheat, but he uses the weeds as well. You know, the things that maybe we, we don't like, the situations that, that were hard, the, the hardships. God can work and be present in those just as much as the good. And, and sometimes he can even work more so out of those bad things than, than the good. That's how big God is. He can work through the weeds. But that requires us to look at things through a different perspective. And this morning, I want to continue along that theme um, and look at things through a different perspective, you know, a, a different lens. We'll get the ring and worked out. Don't worry, guys. Um, by a show of hands, who here likes to know the end of a story before embarking on the story? By a show of hands? Okay, a few, a few, a few. All right. You know, um, I, I don't know. Sometimes it's just nice to know how the story ends. 
Um, you know, maybe your spouse gets home from a hard day at work and, and she, she's, oh, babe, you won't believe the day I had. And she starts with like, I'll drive into work. And it's like, can, just tell me how it ends, you know? <laughs> just it, before we embark on this, I need to know that, that things are okay and then we can, you know, we can go through all the twists and turns, you know? Like, I, I, I need to know it didn't end too badly. You know, like, are, are, are the kids okay? Did you, did you get laid off? You know, I, I just need to know all the twists and turns, um, you know, and, and then, you know, you can tell me all the details, how the eggs were on sale when you're on your way home from the thing, about the thing, and um, I don't know, just sometimes it's nice to know the end. Kaylin and I, we live with uh, Tony and Rebecca, and for those of you who don't know, that's uh, my brother and sister-in-law, and one of the things I love about Rebecca, and she's going to laugh, you laugh, is when we're watching a movie, she needs to know how the movie ends. And we've had debate upon debate about this because I love movies. So I'm like, no, it's part of the journey, not knowing the end. And she's like, uh-uh. If I'm going to invest time and emotion into this, I need to know how the story ends. And at the first sign of like someone important dying or a twist that's going to leave you in the field, she's over on her phone looking up how it ends. And I don't know, I just love that about her. Now, I've used this illustration before in a sermon, it's been a while. Um, a few years back, me and two of my brothers went kayaking on, on the Skagit River. And I'll be honest, these are some pretty uh, intense rapids. This part of the Skagit was pretty intense. It's usually calm, most of it. Um, and so I'll give you a little insight on how it went. I had no business on this river. I had no business on the river. So Tony, he, he wore a GoPro, and he actually captured a few of the moments. And I'm going to show you a video, but um, this wasn't my brightest moment. Um, and I, 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 you know, I made it out alive, but I, I fell into the river in the rapids, and I ditched our kayak that belonged to our neighbor, and Tony had to save it. And so this is from Tony's point of view. Um, enjoy this video. <laughs> It's like a minute 30 long. What? He's down? Okay, so over here. This is me, the green guy, <laughs> right there. It's hard to see. Cocks flipped over. <laughs> Casey's dead. And that's me. <laughs> and this is Tony being a hero. The empty kayak. <laughs> it is now. So like I said, not my brightest moment. Um, 
Um, the reason it's, it's, you know, there's sound not in it is there may have been some coarse language in that mo you know, naturally, it's life or death. So by the time we got, you know, I'm on the shore, things, I didn't die, it ended okay. I remember saying, man, that could have ended a whole lot different. That could have ended a whole lot different. How many of you know that things in your life could have ended like so much different, you know, like, let's be real, you know, like if the cops had stopped you on that one night when you were in college, you know, things, it could have ended a whole lot different, a whole lot different. And this morning, uh, I want to look at a story that you're probably familiar with. Uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 15, in verse 50, it says, so David triumphed over Goliath with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand, and he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Now, I read that, and I wouldn't be surprised, and I'm sure that there are a few of you out there, and you're going, really, David and Goliath? Of all the stories in the Bible, you picked this one? Oh, boy, I already know this one. I already know how this one ends. And, you know, he had, he had five smooth stones. He only needed one. He's hit the giant. The giant went down. You already know how this one ends. So, since you already know how this story ends, let me suggest something to you. David never read 1 Samuel 15, verse 50. It's different when you know how it ends, right? Like, we, we can read this and shout, but David was trembling. David was he, shaking in his sandals, you know? He, he was trembling, holding his sling. He didn't know how this was going to go. Like, you know, he's just wondering how it's going to end, wondering, am I going to get out of this river alive, you know? How is this going to end? And maybe you have not read 1 Samuel 15, verse 50 yet about the situation in your life that you're facing. And maybe you're still facing down a giant. And maybe you don't know what's going to happen. And how, how is this story going to end? How is this going to end? It could have ended a whole lot different. You know, had I gone to the, to the other school, and married the other girl. How many know it could have ended a whole lot worse for Kaylin, right? <laughs> right? She could have missed the whole buffet, am I right? But think about it, David, he... <laughs> if David makes some different decisions in this story, if a few things go different, this story could have ended a whole lot different. And here's the thing, God, he, he's writing your story right now, your family story, the, the, the season you're going through right now, God's writing it. And although we know that Goliath goes down, David, he had to, he had to face uncertainty. And no matter how many sermons you hear about David facing Goliath, there are three things that David had to face before he even got to Goliath. And I think there are three pretty important things that we can't leave out. And if any of these three things had gone differently, it could have been a whole lot different. Like if David had just been a typical teenager when his father came to him, David is only 17 when he faces Goliath. He's only 17. And, and so his, his father, Jesse, he says, hey, I, I want you to run these snacks to your brother. 
And David, you know, if he rolled his eyes, you know, at that, because at this time, the, the prophet Samuel has already anointed David. He already knows he's going to be king one day. He knows his future is going to be great. But now, if David refuses to be faithful in the present because he's too focused on his future, then this story ends a whole lot different. How many of you know that, like, the story of David and Goliath is pretty popular, yeah? You all know it. Like, it's, people use it in sports, in the NFL, in the NBA. Like, it's an archetypal story, right? We, like, it, it, it's a fun one to preach. It's famous. It's huge. But, but watch how things could have gone differently. So Jesse wakes David up. And he says, I got a task for you. I want you to take this cheese and this bread to your brothers who are on the battle line uh, fighting with King Saul. David wakes up slowly. He rolls his eyes, checks his phone. Um, you know, he goes on Instagram. He, he, he posts on it on his fake account, the one that Jesse doesn't follow. And he says, oh my gosh, my dad is so annoying. Like, this is, this is ridiculous. David goes to the battle lines 45 minutes late. And, and he, he doesn't hear Goliath's like usual defiance that he, that he goes out and shouts. And he, he, he didn't know that Goliath was going to be there. Before he set out, he didn't know that Goliath was going to be there. And, and, and I love that. This moment, he didn't know. If he didn't, um, if he didn't like, act in this ordinary way, if he, didn't, if he wasn't obedient to the ordinary, he would have missed Goliath. It could have ended a whole lot different. Now, do you think they would have taught this story in, in Bible college or, or in Sunday school if David had gone out with a bad attitude and, and threw the food to his brothers and just went back home? Not a chance. Not a chance. Like this story could have ended with him feeling slighted because his dad asked him to do something he deemed insignificant, right? You, do you know who I am? I'm going to be King David one day. Like, psh, I'm not, I'm not DoorDash. I'm not your delivery boy. That could have been David's attitude. And so here's what I'm learning. Here's what I've been learning. It's going to continue to go on. Opportunity presents itself as ordinary. Opportunity presents itself as ordinary. There's not always going to be like a Goliath to slay, you know, or, or God, I, I want you to, to, to move in my life in some big way. But, you know, we think that way. You know, in Goliath, they can stand for anything. Um, in this particular instance, it means anything that opposes God, right? Because Goliath, he was standing there in defiance of God's army, defying God's plan, his purpose. And before David even gets to the real battle, he had to face the ordinary. Now, like, I don't know about you guys, there's not, I don't have kids yet, but... There's not one conversation you have that's going to like, save your kids, change your kid's life, right? It's not one conversation. It's going to be picking them up and dropping them off and trying to get them to speak more than three words to you over and over and over again, right? And that's where the change happens. You, know, you, you don't take your son out on one trip to the woods and he comes back a man, right? That doesn't happen. It's going to be many trips back and forth back and forth. And David went back and forth, back and forth. And he, he didn't know that on this day, Goliath was going to be in this valley. He didn't know that when he set out that day. And if he refused to do the ordinary, he could have missed the entire moment. And this story could have been a whole lot different. 
Like, how boring would this have been if that was the outcome, if David was typical, right? And so he gets there, and he, he does the ordinary, and the Bible says he, he ran to the battle line. He left, his, he left the things, the cheese, the bread, with the, with the keeper of supplies, and he runs to the battle line with the right attitude, okay, to, to position himself to see the opportunity. And when he hears Goliath shouting, um, so often I walk around and I, I kind of am just trying to get through the day. And if, if David would have had that same attitude, he wouldn't have been in the right um, frame of mind to seize this opportunity. I think that there's a lot to learn from David and not just the big things, but in how he handled the small things. Not just slaying Goliath, but how he, how he approached the day. And so David, he gets there, and he gives his brothers the food that he brought. And one of his brothers is in such a bad attitude. He's in such a bad attitude. And, 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 and here's the second thing that David had to face. He, he had to face offense. He had to face offense. And I want to show you this because um, I think oftentimes a lot of us were fighting the wrong battle. We're fighting the wrong battle. We're fighting a preliminary battle, and we miss the real one. David gets there, and he's like, hey, what's up, guys? Like, how's it going? What'd I miss? And they're like, oh, you know, not, not a lot. This, this giant who's like nine foot two, you know, he's just coming out every day, and, and he's shouting, um, you know, just, you know, choose your best man. I'll kill him. You'll become our slaves. And they're like, but what can we do about it? You know, look at him. He's a giant. And David's like, okay, so what do I get if I kill him? You know, and they're like, well, Saul, he first said that, you know, does anyone want to fight him? Forty days go by. Um, and then he says, okay, he ups, he ups the ante. He says, okay, anyone who, who kills this man, uh, you can marry my daughter, and you don't have to pay taxes. You know, come on, taxes. And David's like, okay, that doesn't sound too bad. And so here's the difference, though. David hadn't been out there for 40 days, right? He hadn't, got, he hadn't gotten used to the dysfunction. He hadn't gotten used to the defeated deadlock that, that his brothers and the rest of the men were, were, were facing. And so David, when, or when Goliath would get out there and shout to the other men, it just sounded normal. But to David, he's like, wait, wait a minute, he's not supposed to be talking like that about God. You know, you, you can get used to the dysfunction in your life when you sit in it for too long. That's what happened with the, the paralytic man at the pool who had been there for 38 years. He had gotten used to his dysfunction. You can get used to the dysfunction in your life, just like these men did. And David's like, hold on, he said, what about God? And I get what if I kill him? And I love this because this is what happens when God is looking to use us. I think the enemy, he, he will always present another enemy who's not the real one to distract you from the battle that you're called to defeat. In David's case, it was his brother, his big brother, Eliab. And it says that he was tall, and he was strong, and he was, he was big. In fact, Samuel, he, he, he thought maybe this is the king before he realized it was David. But God said, no, don't, don't look at his height, look at his heart, because the heart's what matters. And, and, and look what it says in verse 28. It says, when, Eli when Eliab, David's older brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? Now, 
David had taken care of all that. He's a, he's a responsible young man. But watch, if, if he stands and argues with his brother, he doesn't even see Goliath. And, and, and this honestly could be the whole sermon for someone, right? This could be the whole sermon for someone. By, and, and, and if you're married, just keep looking straight. I don't want to cause any, you know. Um, but, but sometimes you're fighting against something that's not the actual fight that God has called you into. Just like David was fighting with his brother. Sometimes you're fighting with the person you're supposed to be fighting for. And sometimes I think we just have to pause and take a moment and go, wait a minute, this isn't the enemy. Wait a minute. And if David gets caught fighting Eliab, like I said, he doesn't even see Goliath. If he gets distracted, some of us are defeated just by what we allow to distract us. And we don't even get to the real battle. Now, we know how the story ends. We know that. But think about how it could have ended, right? David, for the next two hours, defends himself against his brother, right? How much emotion and energy are you spending in the comment section, on, on Instagram, on Facebook? Some of us, we trip over a fence and we stand and argue with Eliab and we never even get to Goliath. It's so powerful. The, 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 this is how the story could have ended, right? Could have ended like this. Could have been a whole lot different. And I don't think I would have learned about this. I don't think we would teach this in Sunday school if, if, if David just argued with Eliab, right? Now, here's the thing um, that I think is practical about this. This is the practical application. Some of you are fighting Eliab today, and because you're fighting Eliab, Goliath continues to go unchallenged in your life. And you know you're fighting Eliab when you keep blaming other people. When, when you keep looking for something on the outside to blame when I think maybe it's on the inside. When, when I'm trying to change other people rather than just kind of have self-control for myself. Right? I think that's evident, evidence that we're fighting Eliab. And Eliab, he says to David, I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. And David's like, now what have I done? Right? Like, can I even speak? And he kind of throws in like a little jab of his own just to know, that, you know, I'm not a punk. And, and he says that. And then, and then he, he does this move that I want to learn how to do when, when I know I'm fighting the wrong enemy. Look what it says. He says, he then turned away and asked someone else. And watch this. When he turns away from Eliab, it positions himself to face Goliath. I love that. You'll never even get to Goliath. You'll never even get to the insecurity that is causing the issue that people are bringing out in you, right? Eliab, he wasn't the giant. Eliab wasn't the enemy. Eliab was his brother that he was supposed to be fighting for. So now, we've watched David. There's two different alternate endings that could have happened. If he argues with Eliab, he misses Goliath. Um, if, if he doesn't obey his father in the simple thing, he misses um, Goliath. And, and it could have ended, these are the ways it could have ended. And you hear stories of siblings um, that haven't talked to each other for years, or parents who've been estranged 
um, from their kids for years. Maybe a divorce or um, some tragedy in the family like did this. But then you hear other stories where forgiveness took place, where, where healing took place. But I can't help but think about those people who are still estranged. Or maybe someone even died before they had the chance for healing or the chance to forgive. It could have ended so much different. It didn't have to end like that. And I only bring that up because every story in this room is still being written. Sometimes you, don't, you, like, you think you know how the story ends. What if it's not over yet? What if the story is not over yet? What if you wasted all this time, and what if, what if, what if God can restore it? What if God can restore the years the locusts have eaten? What if it's not over yet? What if your best days are still to come? What if your best days are in the future? What if your, your greatest purpose is still to come? What if, what if a generational curse can be ended with what is happening right now in the valley? We don't know the ending. We don't know the ending. Now, one more thing I want to show you um, that David had to confront. Um, he had to get through Saul. And Saul was actually the one who, who was supposed to be supporting him. Man, this thing could have had so many endings. So look at this. He had to get um, through his bad... You know, if he had a bad attitude, it would have ended different um, with the ordinary. If he wouldn't have uh, faced the offense from his brother, it could have ended different. But he also had to face and deal with only. You know only? The spirit of, of lack and, and limitation? Because Saul... So David, he's, he's kind of like giving Saul his resume... And he's like, you know, hey, I, uh, I'm pretty good at beating stuff that's bigger than me. You know, I, I beat a lion. I beat a, care, I beat a bear. You know, maybe you should put me in coach. And in verse 33, Saul said, essentially, you're only a boy. You're only a boy. I wonder what's your only in your own mind. Remember, Saul wasn't the enemy. Saul wasn't... The, the, the giant is supposed to be his friend. Have you had something on the inside of you turn on you? You're only. You're just. You're only a boy. Man, I, I'm too familiar with only. But David, he's like, no, 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 no. I'm not, nope, I'm not settling with that. I've never faced this giant before, but I brought the same God I brought to the last valley, to this valley. And, and you might be standing in front of something that you've never faced before, and you've never seen this before, but David's like, there's a common pattern that I'm seeing. And I, I dropped the lion, and I dropped the bear, and it only stands to reason that if the lion didn't stand a chance, if the bear didn't stand a chance because it opposed my father's business, if this giant opposes the purpose of God, I predict an upset victory in everything in your life that's bigger than you, right, that God is looking to use you in. Yeah, but, but I'm only. Yeah, but, but I'm just. But hold on, we, we know how the story ends, right? Because we know who wrote it. Uh, me and Kaylin were watching a, a movie recently, 
And it looked like it was going to end a certain way. Um, but then we were like, wait, hold on. I know this ride, this director, and he tends to end movies a certain way. And so I know who wrote it, and so it can't end this way. And I think sometimes when we're, when we're facing problems, that's the approach we need to have. I know who wrote this story, and it can't end this way, right? I know in church we talk a lot about new beginnings, but what about new endings, right? What about instead of one period, you had two periods to the end of that sentence? What about to be continued? What about the third day, right? What about Jesus? He died on Friday, but what about Sunday, because we, we know what happened. We can see Jesus on the cross, and, and I'm not worried, but the disciples didn't know that. And here's the challenge. We, we, we can know how the story ends without seeing it and how it's going to get there, right? It might not be a straight line. It might not be perfect. It might not look like someone else's story. But you get in the worst trouble of your life trying to wear Saul's armor, David, he showed up, and he didn't have anything to fight with. He brought bread and cheese. And so Saul's like, here, try these on. And, and they didn't fit him. Saul was a big guy. And he's like, I, I can't fight in this. And if he would have tried to, he probably would have lost. Yours might look different. Your story might look laughable. I, I think of, of David, like the Philistines were probably, probably rolling over laughing when this little 17-year-old walked out with the slingshot, and, and the Israelites are probably like, oh, look, someone's actually going out to face him. Like, wait, what? He's not wearing armor. What is it? Is that a slingshot? And they're like, oh, my gosh. Right? I can only imagine. What, our story could look different, funny, again, like laughable. Uh, I'm, I'm only high school educated. Good. That's more glory God's going to get, Right? Because if you didn't have a college education, then it's only proof like, no, 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 it had to be God, right? It had to be God. I know your GPA. It has to be God. You're not smart enough. You weren't good enough. You weren't pretty enough. You didn't pray enough. You didn't do the right things. Could have been a whole different story. But God's purpose advances. We talked about this last week. The presence of weeds does not cut out the power of the wheat. Spoiler alert, Goliath goes down. Spoiler alert, Goliath goes down. And guess what? That's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. I know it's how you learned it in Sunday school, but that's not how the story ends. Um, that's the cartoon version, um, but then there's an adult version. Um, David read, never read 1 Samuel uh, 15, or uh, 1550, uh, most of us have never read 1 Samuel 1551, right? And, and, and all apologies to, to children, um, you know, Sunday school teachers, because um, I'm going to, that's not how it ended. Um, you don't really know how it ended, but here we go. Um, in the spirit of, uh, of uh, Mortal Kombat, everyone look to your neighbor and say, finish him. Because <laughs> the Bible says, that after David knocked him down, it wasn't just enough to, to stun the enemy, right? Sometimes we think that's good enough, you know? Oh, you know, I'll go to church, you know, I'll get, you know, get a word for a couple hours, you know, feel good. But then, you know, I'll just go home and, and I'll get back into, into the same cycle, you know, the same routine, you know, the same stuff. I'll kind of forget about it. 
But David said something. He said, no, no, I, I didn't just come to bring cheese and bread. See, I, I always thought David was like the delivery boy in the story. But, but it turns out, the way the story ends, he, he wasn't the delivery boy. Goliath was actually the delivery boy. And what Goliath had that David needed, that David didn't know he needed, was right there in verse 50. It says, it says he came to the battle without a sword in his hand. Spoiler alert, he left with one. Right? Whose was it? His enemies. It was his enemies. And that's my favorite part of the story, I think. What if Goliath has your sword? What if Goliath has your sword? What if he has your grace and you have to defeat him in order to get it? And we don't have to do it on our own. We don't have to face Goliath alone. God's going to get the glory out of every situation in your life, out of every story in your life. I said it last week. Not everything that happens to you is God's doing. And not everything that happens to you is good, but it will pass through the hands of God before it's all said and done. I know how the story ends, and it ends with God getting the glory out of every situation in your life. So David, he, he stands over Goliath, he knocks him down, and it says, David ran and stood over him. He took a hold of the Philistine sword, drew it from its sheath. After he killed him, so he's already dead, and he cut off the head with the sword. Why did he do that? Maybe for a trophy? To make a statement? Because this wouldn't be David's last giant. Now, I always thought the story kind of ended there with the head being cut off, but it doesn't. Um, it doesn't end there. Um, so the head's off, the, the, the giant's down, and it's not how the story ends. But we think it's where the story ends. It's not. Um, I think oftentimes it's like, yeah, so, so this happened in my life, but that's not where the story ends. Yeah, I got a divorce, and, and that's probably the end of the story. It's not the end of your story. That's not the end of your story. You can still be loved. You can still love. Yeah, yeah, they, they were doing pretty good, and, and then they did this. That's not the end of their story, right? That's just character development. That's just character development. It can't be over because I know who wrote it. It can't be over because I know who wrote it. This isn't the end of your story. This isn't the end of my story. I know how the story ends. I leave the battlefield with the enemy's sword. I don't leave empty-handed. I leave with the lesson. I leave with the testimony. I leave with brighter days ahead, right? That's how the story ends. And it says, what I love is, after he cut the head off, it said, when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. What you're going through right now might not just be for you. Might not just be for you. Like, I, I've seen people come out of the greatest grief in their life and relief their greatest, their, their greatest gift from their greatest grief. And, and somebody in five years is going to need the sword that you got from that moment. And you're going to be telling them the sword that came to kill you is the one that God's going to use to deliver you. And I love that. It says he killed Goliath with his own sword. Your giant has your sword. 
And David, he, he didn't know how much he was going to need that sword down the road. Because that's not the end of the story. He cuts the head off, and it says he sends the sword to the temple. And so a little while later, David, he goes to, uh, to Saul's palace. And Saul, he starts to go absolutely crazy. And he tries to actually kill David because he's threatened by David. David's going to be the next king. And, and, and so David, he runs from Saul. Remember, Goliath wasn't the last giant that David would face. So the Bible says, sorry, lost my spot there. <laughs> it says, so David, he, he runs to the temple. Okay, he, he's running from Saul. He already killed Goliath. And, and he, so he, he runs to the temple attendant. And he says, hey man, I need a weapon, right? Because he, he, he left so fast. He left in a hurry. He didn't have it. So David, David said to Ahimelech, don't you have a spear or a sword here? I haven't brought mine or any other weapon because the king, uh, his mission was urgent. And the priest replied, I have one sword. It's the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. At least it was before you killed him. But now the very weapon that you took from your enemy, the very strength you gained from what you, the thing you survived, the sword of Goliath, you know, the, the word that God gave you, who knows that, that God's word is a sword, sharper than any double-edged sword, Hebrews 4.12 says. The sword of Goliath, who you killed in the valley of Elah, is here. It's wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you want it, Take it. There is no sword here but that one. And David said, there is none like it. Give it to me. He started with a sling, but he ended with a sword. And the difference was the enemy that he was willing to confront. Now, I don't know exactly um, how long you're in or you know, this, fight you're going, you, this fight that you're in, how long it's going to take. I don't know all the details of it but we know how the story ends. See, we got the drop on David. We read verse 50. We got the drop on David. We've seen the empty tomb. We got the drop on David. We know how this story ends. We know how it ends. We know that Isaiah 54, 17, it says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Now, the Bible says that the weapon won't be formed, but it's, it, it just says it won't work. So watch this, the, the, the weapon has been formed by the hand of my enemy. What you're going through might, you know, the, the, the enemy, it's been formed, but you got to read verse 16 before you read verse 17, because verse 16 says, behold, I created the blacksmith who made the weapon. So God says the enemy might have created the weapon, but I made, I formed the enemy and there's nothing he can bring against you that's going to defeat you. Addiction, anxiety, fear, depression. It might seem as insurmountable as a 17-year-old who's facing off against a giant with just a sling, right? But the giant is holding your sword. The thing that has come against you will be the thing that God uses the thing that comes against you will be the thing that God uses. The thing that grows you. The thing that strengthens you. The thing that, that will equip you. And in the band, you guys can come up and, and join me as we wrap up. 
But the giant is holding your sword. But first, we have to get there. We have to get to the giant. We have to get to the right battle. Remember, David, his story could have ended so much differently. So much differently. If he had, if he had a bad attitude toward the ordinary, he wouldn't have got to Goliath. If, if he would have got, got caught up fighting against the wrong enemy, he wouldn't have got to Goliath. And he had, he had, to, he had to deal with only. You know, I'm only a boy. If he doesn't face those three things, he doesn't get to the fight he was meant to fight. What if this, this situation, this thing that you're going through, what if the story isn't over? You know, the, the times in my life when, you know, I thought, God, like, what's up, man? Like, where have you been? Like, why'd you leave me hanging? I, I just didn't know it, it wasn't over yet. You know, the story wasn't done. He was still working. There were still things to be done. There's nothing too big that he can't use. And so, just a different perspective, you know? The things that we need to face to get to the main thing and not getting distracted along the way. And so, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you just help us to be faithful in the small things. You help us to keep our eye on you. Lord, and that you help us to see what the real fight you have for us is. Lord, help us not to get distracted by the small things, by offense, by our insecurities, by our doubts. Lord, help us to know that you wrote the story. You're writing the story where we can trust in the ending. And that's in you getting the glory. That's in you being faithful. Or we can trust in that. We can trust you even if, if we can't see the finish, we can't see how it's going to work, we can't see how it's going to get there, but Lord, we can trust that you're going to be faithful, Lord. And you're going to use the hard things, you're going to use the tough things, Lord. And in turn, you're going to take that and equip us. And it's going to make us stronger. Lord, the sword that the enemy is coming at us with. You're going to take it and you're going to say, no, no, no. Now you go and be stronger with it. I love that, Lord. I thank you so much for that, for the grace you give us. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to the hearts in this room and to those listening, that whatever their battle is, Lord, that you would, you would give them confidence, you would breathe into that situation, you would breathe confidence and just ultimately trust. Trust in you, trust in who you are. Father, have your way in this room. Lord, we thank you.